Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app. We're now on Red Circle instead of Podbean, but also on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and the Five Reasons YouTube channel. Make sure you hit like and subscribe. And check out FiveReasonsSports.com. That's FiveReasonsSports.com. We do not have a paywall. We are sponsored tonight on Post Splits by A Aggressive Insurance. Reach out to Insurance by Lynette. That's two N's and two T's. InsuranceByLynette.com. If you need life insurance, if you need renter's insurance, and especially if you need car insurance. If you have trouble getting it, she's the person to go to. So reach out to insurancebylanette.com, A Aggressive Insurance. And now, tonight's episode. Down Five on the floor, ride for my dogs. Where here's the thing, you can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, wearing bubble frogs. Just like Bucket said, you in trouble, y'all. Kept the floor playing, got an all band. Y'all seen the block, stop the one hand. And Pat, we trust, it's power, have the guts. We're here to bring the heat, y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. Welcome back to Five on the Floor. I am your host, Greg Sylvander. With me on tonight's episode uh, only, it's just the two of us, Brian Fonseca and myself. Follow him on Twitter at Brian Fonseca and why. Uh, again, I'm Greg Sylvander. Tonight's floor plan, we're going to go over the gut-wrenching, heartbreaking, just absolutely, of course, <laughs> of of course moments, which was the Portland Trailblazers coming into Miami and literally stealing one from the Miami Heat. Um, we're going to talk about that game. There's some things we definitely need to dive into. Um, I guess I'm going to start here. Uh, and Brian, thank you for joining me. It is just you and I, Ethan, Brady, Alex are all at the game. Just so you, so that our listeners have context right now, uh, Miami heat beat and hangover time is taking over the YouTube ch- channel. So, uh, make sure you check that out as well. We'll have our five on the floor live back the rest of this season or the rest of this week. Excuse me. <laughs> yeah. So I'm rattled, man. This game all is disoriented from this loss. So I checked this out. check this out like this this is one of those games there are games throughout a season and um where you think you have enough things are going as if you have enough and then they get the rug gets pulled out from underneath you and indiana felt like they could have got that one too um although indiana is a tougher place to play but this is one that they could have absolutely had they were up by 15 in the third up by 11 in the fourth Brian pre-show was going over some of the fourth quarter numbers and I'm going to let him wax poetic on those in a minute, but it's not good for the heat. And um, these are the type of losses that you can't afford. The margin for error is too small. The Eastern conference is too competitive and you are not talented enough top to bottom. And I think that we all acknowledge that Um, Tyler hero was missing. I don't know that that would have necessarily been the biggest difference in what happened tonight. This is just about the team letting the foot, And I hate to be like with hyperbole as we start, but like they just in the fourth quarter, they let the foot off the gas pedal. Like it was just a situation where I felt like they abandoned the zone in moments. And now that's twice that they, the zone was uh, positively impacting winning and confusing the other team. It happened up in Indiana. They abandoned the zone to end the game. The team comes back there. Now they're in the middle of a, of a dog fight. 
I'm not feeling great about after this one. So, Brian, you're going to need to talk me up. Um, but what are your initial takeaways on the 110-107 uh, loss that Miami just had on their home floor to Portland? I'm not sure I can because I think this was a worse loss than Indiana. Because in Indiana, one, they were on the road, too. They didn't play well. In this game, they played well, really well, until the last few minutes of the game. You know, yeah, you can nitpick at some things on both ends of the floor, but for all intents and purposes, one of the best games that they played this season up until the last few minutes of the game, they overturned. Once they overturned the call, there was an offensive foul call uh, on Bam Adebayo uh, that was originally called a foul on Anthony Simons where Bam wrapped around him or whatever. And when I when they called the foul and when they went to review it, I'm like, oh, man, that's getting overturned. And it's like, uh, we'll see how they respond to this one. And I don't want to say because it's not it's not a five alarm fire to me. I have perspective and this is not a lost season already or anything crazy like that. Eleven games in. However, I will say that it's starting to feel a little bit more like the 2020, 2021 season after they went to the finals in 2020. Um, I think this team is better than that team. But I think this team has some glaring issues that and the big difference from where I was before the season to where I was now on this team is before the season, I felt like they can probably get away with an incomplete roster until January. But that was also accounting for we expected Victor Oladipo and Omer Yurtsevin to be rotation contributors and playing like considerable amount of minutes. Like pretty much all these Dwayne Dedman minutes, I thought were going to Omer Yurtsevin, or at least most of them, right? Maybe even a few more. And Victor Oladipo, I, we thought he was going to be practically the sixth man. So that's like 25 minutes again. Like, so they, and just at the end of this game, we were talking about it. We might as well get into the play. The play itself where they Max Struz hits this amazing, amazing contested three-point shot from the corner. And it's just a typical like Max Struz shot, like a no, 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 yes shot toward the end. And then you're like, oh shit, they might be going to overtime. We might have to do post game a little bit later, Greg, even though they started at 8 <laughs> 30. Right. You know what I mean? And then they Portland doesn't take a timeout in the situation, which I admire. So shout out to Coach Chauncey Billups there. Damian Lillard is being guarded by Jimmy Butler. Smart, why not? Hands him off to Duncan Robinson, like I feel like before half court or around half court. I think it was before half court, which I found a little interesting. I feel like Duncan Robinson, they could have done that later, maybe above the three-point line. Or maybe how not about to Duncan, no? how maybe about not, not to Duncan all? Robinson at all, right? Like, <laughs> you're like that, that was weird to me. So hands him off to Duncan Robinson. And then Kyle Lowry has a decision to make. And Kyle Lowry, and I'm going to give him credit for how he played in this game later on. Um, we'll get to that in a second. But Kyle Lowry has a decision to make, and he has he has to look, and he knows, you know your teammates, people. He knows that Duncan is about to get eaten by Damian Lillard on this drive. He knows that Dame is about to blow by him, and he has to make a decision. Do I try to help? Do I take a jab, fake it, and then go to my man in the corner, who is Josh Hart, very important person in this exchange here. And he decides to take a couple steps. He commits to stopping Damian Lillard, who has about 1.9 seconds left on the clock when Damian has to make this decision. He kicks it out to Josh Open, Josh uh, Hart, wide open on the corner. Career, 34.8% three-point shooter before this game. You know, pretty good. 40-something this year, but on very low volume. So, like, 
okay. And he makes a great shot and an open shot and kills him from three. And Greg, to me, like, again, this is sort of symbolic of how the season has gone so far. And they have some issues that they really have to clear up. One of them being that I feel like they just give up way too many damn corner threes. And granted, every NBA team is trying to play for corner threes at this point. Like, you're watching a lot of offenses, and literally all they're doing is jacking corner threes. But the Heat have to figure something out because they're just kind of living with the results of these corner threes, and it's not working because that's where Jeremy Grant killed them today. Five three-pointers, and I feel like all of them were corner threes damn near. Um, So just not great end to what I thought was a very good performance, particularly the first half, which we can get into a little bit. But uh, what did you think of that, that ending and, you know, the decisions made uh, on that last play, the last sequence? It's tough because to your point, it was Josh Hart's only three of the game. And I think um, muscle memory makes you go to Dame no matter what. So I don't know that I'm going to fault Kyle for, for doing what he did or any of the other guys necessarily. I think that's just how, listen, this game was lost on a transition play, which led to a corner three. And those are two things that are plaguing the Miami Heat at this current moment, it appears. The transition stuff, teams are trying to get Miami out of the half-court defense and play faster, and they haven't figured out a way to uh, really adjust to that. The zone helps, but for some reason, they don't stick with the zone. And I understand some of why you don't want to stick with the zone, um, but that's tough. And in this particular instance, Josh Hart made a great shot. Uh, I thought, you know, credit to Max Strews for hitting a really big shot. Again, he always shows up big, and that's, like, good good for uh, what we're going to talk about when we end this show positively because that's the only way that we can keep our sanity when we uh, are doing these late-night shows post-game. 37 um, fourth-quarter points, by the way, the Heat allowed. 37 fourth-quarter points. That's <laughs> It's and just you can't do that and win on your home court on your home floor. Yep. And especially when you're already at a deficit from a record perspective, you're shorthanded. And mm-hmm. these are like this is the stretch of home games you got to get because it's not going to get easier. And right. like this is where your season can start to spiral. So I do not mean to be an alarmist, but I will say that these are the ones you can't afford to drop. Um I don't know how they fix it to your point. Uh, Shout out to Justice Winslow. I just want to sneak this in here because he played some big minutes with six of eight today. uh, And I know he likes to come back through Miami and get any kind of revenge that he can on his revenge tour. Um, What did you see from Miami when they went away from the zone? Um, There was really good scoring. um, like what did they have seven guys in double figures almost eight guys Duncan Robinson had nine points so he almost got there so the really well balanced approach so to your point um no you know what save your positive stuff why do, why does this keep happening in the fourth quarter like where <laughs> where they have leads and they're losing like i just i don't i'm at a loss for it i need i guess probably somebody to dig in play by play shout out to brady he'll probably bring me something but are you seeing anything specifically cuz to me it's just like energy effort and shots going in and maybe i'm simplifying it too much cuz i tend to do that and and stupid lapses unheat like lapses uh defensively in particular 
Um, to some degree, Portland shots started going in. Like that happened as well. I did feel like they were able to get to their spots easier, but like sometimes that happens. Not to oversimplify it, but sometimes teams just start hitting shots that they've been shooting all game, and they make them at the right time. And Portland, like they stuck with it. You know what I mean? And Damian Lillard is one of the best leaders in the NBA. He probably, you know, told them some shit in the fourth quarter to get them going. I'm not sure. Here's the thing, though. Like this is a loss reminiscent of, and Greg, maybe you'll feel me on this of what we started seeing late last year before the blow up that ended up galvanizing their season. That's what this loss felt like. They had another loss at home that I'm blanking on right now because they're starting to pile up a little bit. I think they're three and four at home now. They had another loss at home recently that felt the same way or similarly, but this is more of a gut punch to them in particular because of how it went down. But you know, like they had a, they had, they had the Knicks loss last year, but they were playing well. And then the Knicks kicked their fucking ass in the fourth quarter. And Portland is better than the Knicks. Um, but Portland's better than those Knicks teams. But Portland, like, they're a good offensive team, but you cannot under any circumstances. You could throw all the advanced shit out the window, which, you know, we're going to get to at some point. I mean, I'm sure we can comb through numbers throughout the week, whatever the case may be. This just happened, so we're reacting in real time. You can throw all that shit out the window because you look at 37 points in the fourth quarter on your home floor, a team that prides itself on defense, defensive intensity, protecting their home floor, like historically, one of the better home court teams in NBA history. And... Again, this is a stretch where, what is it, six out of seven games at home in this current stretch? Can't five out of six? And, you know what I mean? Like, whatever it is, six out of seven, five out of six. You cannot, because you know what that means. That means you're going to have stretches later in the year where it's going to be five out of six on the road. Then what? Then what? So 20 games into the season, which we're going to get to in about nine games. So later this year, we're going to see where they're at. But I was telling you, 20 games into the season, you're 25% done. You can't be under 500 and it looks like they're they're gonna be under 500 if they don't get their shit together and then at that point what do you do right because i was saying i was telling you greg and we did this on streams or whatever the case may be i was like you better not be shit i was saying 10 and 10 you better not be 10 and 10 after the first 20 games of the season or 11 9 like you want to be at least 12 and 8 13 and 7 something like that maybe even a stronger start because you got all these home games now you'll you take 10, 10. You, yeah. yeah yeah you'll take 10 and 10 now moving the goalposts um, because that'll some mean, have accused us here on this show right because um, that you're right six and three after this like you like you can't afford ultimately you just can't afford to let this shit keep happening and another thing that's interesting in the rotation they played eight guys they asked some guys out they're they're leaning on eight i, I thought the rotation was going to be 10 11 deep we're seeing it shrink. We're seeing like eight guys get heavy minutes. And this is Look. happening a lot. And then mm-hmm. this is Spolstra. Like, listen, believe what y'all want. And this is not based on any information. This is just me watching. And me have watched a lot of these games. This is Spolstra trying to make sure that he, like, this is the way that he tries to save the season in terms of shrink the rotation, play who he thinks can contribute and mesh and try to get through a stretch that is otherwise, um, it's pivotal. You know what I mean? Like to your point, like they can't be uh, with, with only seven wins, 20 wins, in, 20 games into the season uh, or something like that. And now you're in a spot where to your point, like, yeah, 10 and 10 would be great. And you know what? You'll probably still be in the playoff mix if you're 10 and 10. And one thing that does get me a little 
Um, and we're not going to get too big picture philosophical here because we're going to stick to this game. But this is something for an off day that we should touch on. Um, like, if you hang around and you're 10 and 10 and you're three and a half games out of the three seed, but three and a half games out of the nine seed, like that's your kind of where, where you are throughout yeah. the season and you maneuver there. What I wonder is, do the Heat get reluctant to empty uh, the few draft picks they do have to make an upgrade when they are essentially going to be in a relatively same spot um, and you're not necessarily bleeding out. So it's just, it's, it'll be something to watch, but if they have a lot more games like this where the defense is leaking and Josh Hart is finding something in the corner, that is not going to be good for the season. It will be a disaster. And it, do you have a water leak and don't know where it's coming <laughs> from? Because the heat had a leak on defense and they didn't know where it came from. Uh, are you dealing with water or mold damage in your home or business? Call water cleanup of Florida at nine, five, four, five, seven, nine, zero, three, five, six for immediate assistance with over 60 years of combined experience. Michael, Robert, their whole team are prepared to handle any size leak detection issues 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. After the leak has been located and repaired, Water Cleanup of Florida will then clean, dry, and fully restore the damaged area. Water Cleanup of Florida is a fully licensed, insured, and certified uh, group that is providing one-stop shopping to busy homeowners and business owners alike. Uh, there is no need to bring in any other contractors. It's a one-stop shop. They will handle everything start to finish. Service areas include Miami, Broward, and Palm Beach County. Call Michael anytime on his personal cell. Again, that's 954-579-0356. That's 954-579-0356. Or visit their website, wcufl.com. Uh, check out those Google reviews. Um, you know, they 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 tell the truth sometimes. You you get you get some good ones and some bad ones. Well, they got 70 five-star reviews on Google. That's water cleanup of Florida. If you got the schmutz, they have the guts. So um let's tie a bow on this heartbreaker, and then we're gonna try to get into a little bit of what we should take positively because I felt like there were good things happening until that thing happened. And then this yeah. uh, shit became for, for like 45 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what, you know what? I don't want to talk about this game anymore. If you got anything else to say about this game, you, you have Just, at it. Yeah. Just, just uh, because as we're doing this, some quotes are coming out from some of our own. Oh, those could, five be good. Reasons. those could be good. Um, Brady Hawk, Brady Hawk, three Oh five on Twitter. Uh, Bam says, I felt like we should have had that one. That's a quote. Bam on the final play. Another one. We just talked about the final play for a few minutes. Quote, you see Damian Lillard driving up. You want the ball out of his hands. Close quote. I mean, <laughs> and you alluded to this too. It's it's hard to talk about that, but we, we won't harp on it too much because by the time this comes out, people will have seen a lot of this stuff already. But um, I guess if if, we're, if we are getting to some of the positives that you could take away from this, because there were, there were a bunch before what happened happened and i felt like again we have to give kyle lowry some credit for how he played tonight i felt like so one of the things that they can take away offensively like offensively is where a lot of the good stuff you know was there for me uh in a game by the way like we should mention tyler hero did not play because of an ankle injury and the offense was stagnant like very very early on like first play or two whatever the case may be kyle lowry hit two threes and i felt like everyone got in their rhythm that yeah. opened things up. Everyone got in their rhythm. Ball was moving around. 
Jimmy Butler, like he saw that he wasn't getting calls that he probably normally would, was kicking it around, had his best passing game of the season. Eight minutes left in the game. Blazers cut it to four and Kyle Lowry hits a three. And then on the very next play, after they get a stop, hits Max Schroes cutting. He gets a bucket at the rim, nine point lead. Little things like that, like buckets where they needed them. Um, Lowry got an and one with 6.15 left while the Heat were up seven. He had a shot. He had a pump fake. I mean, he he hit a fist pump, rather. He had a shot, fist pump, winked at Jimmy. Biggest smile I've seen him have all season long, pretty much. Good call. <laughs> In that it's moment. Very true, because you have smile. Seen him have fun. You're right. right. Biggest smile I had. He had a wink, the whole shit. It was great. Jimmy Butler ran to the bench, looked at, like, Victor Oladipo and others, was, like, smiling, talking about presumably that player, whatever Kyle said to him, whatever the case may be. It's unfortunate that they ended up losing after that, but I feel like Kyle got them buckets uh, at points when it mattered, at least in those instances, and was really quarterbacking the team well and had an all-around very good game. And like I said, Jimmy Butler's best passing game, I think part of the reason the ball was moving was because those two in particular were being very unselfish. The team had 27 assists and 10 turnovers. And you'll take that every single time. Bam, I'd actually like to see him initiate offense more from the high post, but they went to some of that today. He hit Max Schroes on a beautiful cut, bounce pass. It was beautiful. Um, anytime that Bam is used as an offensive hub, I'm here for it, particularly when you have the shooters going because then he's going to have his drives. He's going to have his roles. He's going to be able to get some easy buckets and things of that nature. Some of that was working. A lot of that was working, as a matter of fact, offensively. So those are things that they can take forward. Um, granted, Portland's not an amazing defensive team, but they do have some better defensive players like Jeremy Grant and others uh, than they had in years past. So, it you hurts. know, a good effort. Yeah. I mean, no. it hurts when I hear you um, <laughs> so uh, beautifully articulate some of the things that took place because to your point, like there were things clicking. They looked very cohesive, connected. I'm not trying to be uh with alliteration when I use those, you know, back-to-back cohesive collective, blah, blah, blah. Um, they really did look that way. Uh, Brady Hawk also want to shout out him on the timeline for this part. Cause he's going to be going over late game film, but, but this is something I alluded to earlier in the show and I don't understand what's happening. Zone was working. Then they go to the soft switching and it, things got weird um, defensively. And then the ball got stagnant late. And I don't understand why those two things keep kind of plaguing this team. You see the shot from Tyler Hero. Yeah, I kind of like I gave him and I'm going back to the Indiana game just so that everyone is clear where my head is um, veering off to Um, that. Like I kind of said, you know what? He didn't have much time. He just tried to get up the best attempt possible. But truthfully, that there was there could have been a better more action there and then like you just see some of the stuff at the end of the game the shot profile ball movement it's not there and here's the other thing when you talk about back breaking losses um and that is and then we're going to close with some more positive stuff look ahead a little bit uh so just hang with us y'all this is a range of emotions on five on the floor directly following <laughs> this kind of gut punch this is four games in a row that come down to the final possession and you need at least some of those to be going your way. And if enough of them, particularly on your home floor, don't go your way. So just beware as we go forward. It's the time of games that collectively knock the wind out of the spirit of a locker room 
You got guys getting more cranky. You see players missing games and soft tissue injuries become a thing louder and louder. So all I'm saying is, is that they just don't have that much more margin for error. And so I think we can end there in terms of this particular game because, and I'm Brad or Brian, I will definitely let you get in here, but I just, um, I often am, uh, people wag their finger at me and say that I'm enabling this team and that I'm always like, Oh, they're fine when they're really not fine. Well, the truth is, is actually they're still fine right now. So like, I hate that, um, that that is still the thing that I need to tell you guys. Cause it'll piss you off. I'm glad you're pissed off. Uh, that is some inner work you can do that. I don't <laughs> need to deal with. Uh, they're still fine and they have moves that they can make. And there's, it's a very long season, but I will, Give the compassionate concession that if you continue to do this shit, this season is going to be down the drain and they're going to have tough decisions to make because I don't think they can just let this team fester for the rest of the year like um, the whale that washes up on the shores. They need to go hunting for some sort of fish. It don't got to be a whale. Maybe we're just going out to catch some mahi-mahi, but it needs to be something other than a whale that is getting stank on the beach shore, and that is what this team could turn into if you don't make changes. I digress. Brian, any final thoughts before we just clean up the show by going through any other positives to pull from and a look ahead to the next game against Charlotte? I guess this counts as a positive. <clears throat> Excuse me, but I think uh, some a lot of their errors are correctable. I feel like one of the issues that I'm having with this team is, to your point, they're just going away from shit that works too often. Tyler Band pick and roll works a couple times, and we don't see it again for a while. Defense works for a sustainable period, a quarter, whatever it is, whatever the run is. And then they just go away from it. And it's like, I don't know if like, if, if Spo is out thinking himself, sometimes that happens. You know what I mean? Sometimes it's right there for you um, in whatever instance. And you just go away from what working because, what's working because you think that the other team, the other coach is going to catch on and counter to you. Sometimes they don't. You know what I mean? And, and a lot of times, like we've often said, Tyler Van pick and roll, probably the best play that they could run. They couldn't run that because Tyler didn't play today. We saw Jimmy Van pick and roll that I thought was interesting early yeah. on that I felt like they got a good shot out of that. And I don't recall seeing it again for a while. Um, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's just, I would have to look back because maybe it happened more than once. But regardless, the point is that this team goes away from things that work too often and they really need to stick with things that work because, again, like there's just glaring weaknesses. And we have to remember when assessing this team also, like, and I mentioned this earlier, but it bears reiteration that this team is very shorthanded <laughs> yeah. in terms of like there are two big portions of this team. Omer Yurtsev and people could say what they want. He was going to be a big portion of this team this year. He's going to he was going to be in the rotation. He was going to have a shot at it however he would have done like we won't know because he's been injured right now for longer than i expected um at the very least yeah with an ankle injury um I'm, I'm hearing he's getting closer but ankles are weird and that's why i don't like tyler's ankle injury continue yeah he might have a high ankle sprain for all we freaking know um because like how, how long has he been out at this point right we're approaching a month if you right. really think about it and, and then with uh with uh you know, Victor Oladipo, I mean, you how much can you really rely on him at this point? Unfortunately, None. like it sucks. But like, you know, sometimes the body just betrays you. And 
you know, we'll all go back to that botched surgery and be like, damn, like that, that really is the point that really messed up his career, unfortunately. So yeah, they have some things to figure out. They do have moves they can make, but you have to, you have to, you have to keep some water in the bucket. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, <laughs> you got to stay afloat. <laughs> you got to stay afloat. You know what I mean? One drop can make the bucket of water overflow or whatever Dan Levitard said that one time a couple of uh, couple months ago on the show. Um, <laughs> But like, funny. that's, that's really what it is. You have to like, just, just, just be at this point, if you're not going to make any significant moves until January, which is too uh two months and a week from now so oh my god I don't, i'm not sure they can wait that long no it, <laughs> but it, like shit i got a birthday between now and that and that day you know what i mean like yeah. it's a while from now but for our mental health they need to make a move right right you, you got to do something but if you're gonna wait that long just you better be around 500 by that point because that's the other thing greg it's like you can stay around 500 and be okay at that point make a move and you know, potentially get to the, get to whatever point you're going to get to. Cause if you end the season 45 and 37, 46 and 36, and you're like a five seed, six seed, like, you know, the East is going to just be weird this year. It's going to be similar to last year where you had a bunch of teams all next to each other. That's going to be happening all season long. You're right. So you want to just stay in the mix, but right now they're 12th and you don't want to be 12th. <laughs> right. <laughs> so that's where we're at. Luckily we can point to the early season, but you're right. You can't stay in 12 very much longer. Um, I do want to tell you about one other great sponsor of the F- five reason sports network. It is our daily fantasy sponsor of the entire network and five on the floor. And that's prize picks. My favorite daily fantasy platform. It's daily fantasy made easy. They'll match your first deposit up to a hundred dollars. If you use the code five, that's F I V E makes it super simple. You use your, uh, code five, get your initial deposit matched up to a hundred dollars. Then you play, uh, NFL. NBA, choose your favorite stars, Josh Allen, Steph Curry. Um, you can then choose the stat, passing yards, three-pointers made, points scored in the game. They give you the stat you choose over or under. When you choose two, three, four players on one card together, you can win up to 10 times your money if you get them all correctly on the same card. So use the code five to double your initial deposit up to a hundred dollars. It's daily fantasy made easy. Uh, This is the fastest growing daily fantasy uh, platform on planet earth. Basically you got to check it out. Use the code five. Um, I'm co-signing it heavy because I play it all the time. And uh, my cards were mixed. There were some clutch plays, but we're not going to go through them on tonight's show. Um, I do want to spend five minutes, less than five minutes, one minute, and say that Gabe Vincent, you are playing very well. Continue to play the way you are playing. I think the Heat are in a very interesting scenario with Max and with Gabe because they're looking like players that I think you're going to be able to sign for mid-level like contracts in the future, and they can be potential starters. So to me, that is a positive coming out of this game. Uh, looking ahead, some other things that I think are worth noting. Charlotte, they play twice in a row in Miami. It's hard to beat a team twice. That's going to be a test of this team's character. Yeah, to you watch you better beat that one twice. You, you know what? That's <laughs> Come what on, I mean. Like, like, yeah. When we talk about seasons kind of veering <laughs> off in the wrong direction, this is one of those stretches where you can't lose another heartbreaker. And then even if you win the other one, like two heartbreakers in a row, that kind of stuff is killer. So uh, we're going to watch for that ahead of time. But I do think Kyle has played a lot better. I think that um, overall the bench in terms of Gabe and Max is working. Um, But there's just holes that, to your point, 
they're not going to be filled with what's here and they're just got to try to stay with with some uh water in the bucket as we use that reference until they can get um you know to trade season final thoughts brian before we close you better win these next two games against charlotte you better better because then the home stretch is pretty much over because then you have home against phoenix another like they can win that game they they you know they beat Phoenix last year on the road. Phoenix beat the hell out of them at home. Whatever they switched, they yeah, can be Phoenix don't at home. Feel good, right? They can be Phoenix good. at home. That, that I wouldn't pick them. That I've put it this way: I'm not gambling on that game <laughs> for them uh, to win at home. But like they can do that, and they better because after that, oh boy, yeah, at Toronto, at Washington, at Cleveland, at Minnesota, and that can very easily be a one and three stretch. That can yeah. very easily be a one and three stretch. So yes. you have to win these games. And then shortly after that, you have two home games back to back against Washington. I don't think you're going to go three and oh against a decent Washington team. And then after that, it's at Atlanta, at Boston, twice at Memphis. Like this is not going to be easy. And by losing these games, these close games are shooting themselves in the foot. So they ultimately just have to stockpile some wins like ASAP. Yeah, this is three of them. Could have got the Toronto win at home. They lost by three. That was the other the, one. Could have got the, the last one. two games that came down to the final possession. These are the type of games they have to have. They did not get them. They will have the ability to make up for them by winning some of these that people think they can't win, like at Cleveland is one that I think all the fans are going to be dreading, and they may show up for that one, so we'll see. But right now, there's a lot to fix. Um, Brian wants to sneak one more thing yeah. in here, I could tell. I'm very I'm very interested in seeing because they have Cleveland and Minnesota back to back. Yeah. And in terms Spins, of matchups Spins, and Spins. What, right right right. <laughs> and we're we're complaining about like the like they they need to get bigger. They they just have to, right? They just have to. They they're playing one dude, well no, they're playing Dwayne Deadman also. So they're playing two guys 6-9 and up regularly, right? Yeah. We're going to go Cleveland at, Min- at Cleveland at Minnesota on November 20th and 21st. That's the next back-to-back, by the way. Oh, boy. But that, I feel like those, that's going to be very, a very important back-to-back um, for, for like, how we think they're going to move You're forward. better ice that ankle. Good night. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network.